This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Welcome and thank you for joining me today. What a treat we have today for you. We have got two guests on this episode, and I am going to explain how they came about in a short story before we hear from them. So, the beauties of Instagram. I was uh, browsing through my feed the other day and I follow Plant Based Professionals UK. And it is headed up by Dr. Shireen Kassam, who is one of our guests today. And on that feed, she posted about a brand new scientific paper that she had published. And I had a look at that because it had the title of Plant Based and Sciatic Arthritis. And of course, that's my world. And I looked at that and found a, it's a case study about a woman called Kate who had had a severe psoriatic arthritis, was on methotrexate, all the typical symptoms, and is now pain-free following a plant-based diet and off her medication. And of course, these are the sort of things that we hear about on this podcast a lot, but they don't end up in the scientific literature. They don't get published so that the medical community can get their hands on it, hopefully, and also know what we know about the effects of lifestyle changes on sciatic arthritis and other inflammatory arthritic conditions. And so here they are today, our two guests, Kate, the feature of this scientific publication, and Dr. Kassam. And so I'd like to uh, welcome both of you to the call. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, Yes, g'day. Thank you both. It's 7am in the morning there. I know we're doing this early with time zone differences. Uh, And why don't we start with how you guys came to meet? Because Dr. Kassam, you don't work closely with sciatic arthritis or inflammatory arthritis conditions. So how did this meeting of minds come about? Yeah, well, thanks, Clint, and thanks again for having us on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, As you say, this isn't my area of specialty. I'm a cancer doctor. I look after people with lymphoma here in the UK. But back in 2013, I adopted a plant-based diet for all the reasons people do, you know, health, environment, animals. And I came across the wealth of scientific information supporting a plant-based diet for preventing chronic disease and sometimes even treating chronic diseases. And then I kind of looked around the UK and I was thinking, gosh, nobody really is talking about this. You know, are there other people like me who've been wowed by this information? So I decided to organize the UK's first medical conference on plant-based nutrition. And I'd set a date at um, March 2018 to sort of, you know, out myself as a plant-based health professional. And, you know, as you say, social media is the most phenomenal um, tool um, at times. And, you know, somehow um, Kate came across the advert for the conference and whizzed herself down from all the way from Norfolk to London. Um, And then in one of the breaks, she came to find me and was like, Shireen, I've been using plant-based diet for my psoriatic arthritis and I'm off my medications. And I thought this is just the reason why I'm doing this because, you know, there's such inspiring stories. And then kind of one thing led to another. We were invited to do a similar conference in Glasgow and each of the events I've done, I've always highlighted a patient story because, you know, that's why we're here as as physicians and clinicians, you know, it's to help people heal and often, you know, it's the patients that tell you about what's made them better. It's not really like you know, reading papers. So um, I invited Kate um, to tell her story in Glasgow. And, you know, from there we became friends and I invited her to be patient advocate um, for my community interest company called Plant-Based Health Professionals UK here here, here in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Sensational. And then along that sequence of getting to know each other and building the relationship, at one point, you said, why don't we also 
put this forward to a scientific paper uh, in a in a medical journal. Now, I was fortunate enough to co-author a, a scientific uh, paper when I was 21 with some research that I did on, of all things, uh, copper vapor lasers at university. Yeah. <laughs> And I know that as a process of trying to get these papers approved, it's not like, hey, here it is, go and publish my paper. So can you walk through the steps involved with getting this published? And also, have you got others in the pipeline? And what channels exist for those of us like me who have wonderful stories like Kate's who would like to sort of go down this avenue? Yeah, I know it's a great question and it's, a, it's been on my long list to do for, for a while and I'm so pleased that we've we've started. You know, I'm following on the shoulders of the greats of people like um, Dr. Barnard at PCRM who, who really make an effort to inform the health professional community and there's a lack of sort of lifestyle related um, publications from the UK, I think. Um, you know, people aren't um, writing these things up. But I, I guess we have to realise that publishing case reports, you know, a single N equals one is challenging for probably the right reasons, because, you know, it just shows a story and it's not the greatest um, uh, strength of evidence. You know, we want hundreds of people all doing what Kate did um, to demonstrate um, a, a change or, or effective treatment for a condition. But having said that, you know, clearly the, the key thing is to identify a good story and a good case and, you know, luckily, Kate had kept all of her blood results, all the timings of her medication changes. And, you know, we'll hear that it's such a long story, you know, having that from, um, you know, over 10 years of story of um, uh, of diagnosis and then healing it is quite an unusual situation. So I knew I had a good story and I was pleasantly surprised because, um, as you know, the the movement of lifestyle medicine or, or, or the, the specialty of lifestyle medicine has really come into its own in the last five years. And there's many people like myself um, around the world and, and now in the UK who are really using lifestyle as a, as a tool in their clinical practice. And with that has come journals that really recognize the power of lifestyle medicine and um, plant-based nutrition. And of course, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine is just one of those organizations. And this is their journal that we published in. So we were actually quite pleasantly surprised that they actually recognized the um, novelty and the usefulness of this story because there isn't much out there. You know, when you put into the me medical literature search fields, you know, psoriatic arthritis and plant-based diets, not much comes up at the moment. So it was novel. It had a good, a long story. And, you know, the key is choosing a journal that's sort of sympathetic to the, the version of, of the, the publication. Yes, fascinating. Okay, well, thank you for that. And it's a, it's a topic that I'd love to talk with you a bit more, maybe offline, um, because there are going to be people watching this that says, I've kept all my blood work. I've done, you know, great things. Uh, you know, maybe my story could not be recognised for any any desire for um, accolades or for recognition, but just to support the case that we are all making, which is this community needs a greater presence within the medical journals. Agreed, agreed. I think mm. that that's the only way we're going to educate other health professionals, show them the data, have it published in peer-reviewed journal, and, you know, then there's just no argument, is there? That's that's right. And um, if that's where the eyeballs are within the medical community, that's where we need to be seen. And mm -hmm. so thank you as a team. Let's now hear about what you've been through, Kate, and let's take you back, could you, uh, to when this began I've been through the abstract and some of the highlights of my special privileged printed copy uh, of this journal, uh, journal paper, but I'd like you to share with our audience, you know, what you were going through, how bad this was, and, uh, and, and paint that picture for us. Mm, okay, thank you, Clint. Yeah, so it goes back quite a long way. I can't believe how long ago it is now. So it's it'll be 18 years this summer when I first became ill. Um, but actually, going back before that, I, I think I might have had some rumblings before. I had like bad backs and things. 
but they kind of got better. And, um, but like 18 years ago, I was a teacher. I was probably not eating very well. I was very stressed. And uh, I remember one day I was running across the, a field with the kids, you know, it was practicing for sports day. And uh, all of a sudden I felt my back go, the lower spine. And I thought, oh, I'm getting a backache again. Okay, never mind. But over the next few days, it just got worse and it didn't get better. So I took a few days off. And then my foot kind of went like I had, and the doctor said, oh, you've got gout. And I thought, gout, that's really odd. After that, I, I, I'm actually, I, I kind of knelt down to clean the floor and I, I, I felt my knee, something in my knee just pop. And I kind of stood up and looked down and it just swelled up like, like on a cartoon. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. They must have done, but it was just freaky. It didn't hurt. I was just like, what's going on? You know? And then, uh, you know, I was, I was put on some anti-inflammatories and things like that. But for some reason, my disease, I just, it just kind of went into overdrive over the summer and more and more joints started becoming inflamed. You know, I had like my neck, top of my back, base of my back, my feet, my um, shoulders, my knees, just all became very tender and inflamed. And I like spent most of the summer in bed and it was like my heels propped up and, you know, unable to move. I I guess you've been there. You're so sore. You can't even move in bed. You can't turn over. And it was just, uh, you know, agony and, um, you know, pin, pin stepping to the loo, taking ages, you know, it was just, just horrible. Um, but by the end of the summer, I was, I was kind of able to walk very slowly and I stupidly, I don't know why I did it, but I, I went back to school on the first morning and, um, I like, my legs were like, they were like barrage balloons. I'd lost so much weight as well. I was, I was never large, but I lost weight. So I, I was like this skinny thing with these massive legs and, you know, I was teaching small kids that were sitting, you know, sitting on the carpet. You know, I was practically tripping over them because I, I could hardly walk. And like by that first break time, I was just an absolute mess. I was in tears. I was, you know, uh, and, you know, and the, the, the secretary said to me, for goodness sake, Kate, why don't you go private? Because I'd been, you know, my doctor, for some unknown reason, had not wanted to send me to a rheumatologist or some sort of specialist. Um, So I did and um, I got an appointment the next day and I got started on methotrexate and um, was given steroid injections into my shoulder and knee and and all that and was wheeled out in a wheelchair, (laughs) you know, and uh, went home. And so that was how it kind of started, you know, and then it kind of, it took a long time, a long time over, over a year for, for my, my, the methotrexate worked. Thank goodness. What, thank goodness. And um, I'm so grateful for the, for the medication really, but over that, uh, and, and the kind of disease kind of calmed down a bit, you know, you know, the exhaustion you get from it, you, Oh, you know, you kind of think, oh, I'll just do this one thing. And then, you know, you you kind of don't, you you kind of become so tired and, and that's it. You're finished, aren't you, for the day? You can't do anything else. Um, but gradually got better. And then uh, I remember as I got better, I, I, I was eating things and I and I think, hmm, I don't know if that's made, I don't know, like the base of my spine or somewhere a bit worse or something or or oh, do I feel and and I couldn't quite put my finger on it because sometimes it would be like a, almost like 20 something 20 minutes later after I'd eaten something or it might be a couple of days and I'm just thinking oh is, is something that I'm eating making me feel worse so um going back to the doctor you know I mentioned this to him and lovely man as he was or is uh, he said, food has got nothing to do with it. You know, and I thought, 
Mm, I'm not 100% sure about that. But okay, I'll I'll, I'll just put that at the back of my head. Um, So anyway, I got referred to another doctor and um, he had a rheumatology nurse and I saw her one day and I mentioned to her, this is, I don't know, maybe a year or so later, and um, I said, look, I don't know if maybe my something I'm eating is is triggering this. And she said to me, well, some people do find that eating red peppers or tomatoes or something yeah. like that, you know, can can make them feel worse. Why don't you try an elimination diet? So I did. And you go back to like just eating apples and rice and things like that, don't you? And then bringing things in slowly. And I found that I could tolerate chicken and fish. But this is bearing in mind I was on all those drugs, so um, dumping things down. But cheese, eggs, red meat, apricots and various things um, actually um, made my seem to make my condition worse. But in the meantime, I'd started Googling diet and trying to find out you know, was there anything behind this? I didn't know where to look to find any information, but I came across, and, and I used to read the New Scientist as well, and I came across um, a Karolinska Institute thing. I don't know when that that happened, but there was like, a, at some point I came across this vegan diet and rheumatoid arthritis, looking at several patients and put them on a vegan diet, and some of them found benefit. And I came across the Vegan Society, and I also, uh, looking in the in the diet, I I realised that I didn't like what I saw about um, how we treat animals and the impact on the climate um, and the planet and all that. So I actually went vegan, really for ethical reasons. Yeah. So, and that was how I stayed for quite some time. But it, it kind of helped damp down the condition. I, I managed to drop my med- meds to about half what I'd been on. And mostly I was okay. So that that's that's the beginning of my story really, Clint. A lot of lot of interesting things that overlap with other people's experience. Methotrexate right. gave you great fatigue. Uh, I was a walking zombie, just exhausted so much like I was just found it so challenging. Also, you mentioned uh, how you found information by Googling uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Sirenic arthritis is, is, tends to be a little more overlooked than rheumatoid arthritis. You know, the diagnosis rate is less. The research is less. And so, you know, you, you went down the, the path that most people with sirenic arthritis do and, and follow clues that are left by rheumatoid arthritis studies and rheumatoid arthritis recovery examples and so forth. Which, by the way, draws me to another point. Back then, as we spoke about in the few moments before we we went live here, there was no podcast where you could listen to success stories each week. There was. I'm a similar era to you. You were 2003-ish. I'm 2006. Hmm. We were blind, like those hmm. of us in that era and earlier. At least we had an internet. At least we had some internet, right, to work with. But um, but you know, at least we didn't go down into the gold injections and all of that, which was the the I guess you would say the um, the decade prior and, and earlier than us. Hmm. So we were both going blind. So you went vegan you know a year or a couple of years in, similar to me through a big you know, kick up the backside from my, at that time, vegetarian, now vegan girlfriend, now wife. Um, (laughs) And yeah, you know, um, these are smart decisions to make early. Uh, Like you also, I was in a terrible way. I was lit up like a Christmas tree everywhere, all the joints when I eventually went on methotrexate. And in my case, I left it too long. I should have went on the drug much earlier. Methotrexate also, like you, did not reduce my symptoms entirely. It shaved maybe 50, 60% off, but the rest remained. So I'm curious now, as we fast forward past the methotrexate introduction, your vegan introduction, how long did it take you and what were the significant interactions that you've made or interventions you made to get it to the point where you felt like, hey, I've, I can start tapering this medication? 
So um, while I was vegan, I, I was still getting the odd flare, you know, which I couldn't really understand. I thought I'm on the perfect diet, you know, <laughs> but of course so that entitled. perfect diet. <laughs> when you yeah, give up well, your favorite foods, you feel the world entitles yeah. <laughs> you to every wish that you've ever asked for immediately. Yeah, and you can still have your cupcakes with yeah. goo on the top and your your deep fried donuts and your yeah. you know and your uh, pies. I'm a I, I used to be a real pastry person. And plus because I, I was I was an ethical vegan, I also started uh, doing farmers markets, making vegan food, you know, to kind of promote the lifestyle. Hey, you can be vegan and you can have everything you want and you can be super healthy and, you know, and uh, so, yeah. yeah. That, that and, stuff um, will pull you into a conflict of interest where you're trying to run a little business, but you also feel that, well, like, I've got to sell it. I should eat it myself, you know. Yes, I do. Exactly, yeah. and uh, and uh, you know, and of course, sometimes there was a few cakes left over. Hey, I better just eat these, <laughs> you know. Great. So anyway, and I was getting the odd flares, and and uh, Shireen knows this, but at one point, I, I, my eye went peculiar, and I and I and I, I left it a few days. I didn't know what was the matter with it, and I even I, I went and I, I got given stuff for dry eyes. And this, my husband looked at me one day. Oh, by the way, I have to say my husband's wonderful. He's supported me throughout. He's come along with me. You know, amazing. And I wish everybody had to have the support like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I finally got to the doctor's. My doc, my husband said. Your eye, it looks like a dead fish eye. Go to the doctor's, for goodness sake. So I went to the doctor and the doctor took one look at it. He just rang the hospital and he says, you must see this woman now. And I went in and the eye specialist, he looked at it and he said, well, you've got iritis. I'm going to have to give you a steroid injection yeah. into your eye. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to say this. I don't know if I can save your sight in that eye. And I was like, Oh, oh dear. Okay, but I mean, thankfully, he did. And uh, you know, it's—I don't know if anyone, uh, other people, must have had that horrible experience. I'm sure, but I don't wish it on anybody. You know, nobody wants to lose their sight, do they? So um, you know, and then I had an, another few episodes of this as well in, in my other eye. But luckily, I knew what was what then, and I and I was told just to go straight to the hospital, get it dealt with. So I had these, and, and kind of sometimes I'd I'd get a hobble or something, and, and I I wouldn't know why. I wouldn't. I had I had no idea why. I wasn't drinking alcohol at this point. I'd given that up because I knew that. That didn't help. I could. There was a definite link there, and and over the years, I, I like you. I I was looking everywhere to find some sort of evidence as to to what was going on, and I found about stuff about the gut microbiome as well. And um, anyway, so I one year, I think about uh, four years ago, we have you must have them there. We have veg fests, yeah. and um, I went along with my daughter. And uh, was having a great time, all this lovely free cheese, cheese <laughs> and stuff. And um, came across, the, oh, and in the meantime, just before that, sorry, rumbling, uh, that I had started running just a little bit. I'm very lucky. We live by the beach here. And, um, you know, very gingerly wearing like like my sandals or wellies with my dog because I, I was feeling very unfit. I, I sit in front of a computer all day long now. And, and I just thought I've got to do something. But I thought I have to be so careful of my joints. I can't damage mm. them. I can't, you know. So I was really carefully, like just a tiny bit, you know. And when I first started, my everything was wrong. You know, all, all the tendons are wrong. And I, I was like, I could could not put three steps together in a run. It was so so anyway. But at the veg fest, there was a there was a vegan runner stall, and 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 I thought oh, vegan runners. Well, I never heard never heard of them, and um, I thought oh well, you know that's not me. You know oh. I, won't, I won't speak to speak to vegans, them. But there's this vegans woman there. can run. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, you know, and and uh, I I just thought no, and I, I just turned and, and thought, yeah. no, I'll go and talk to her because she was on her own. 
And I just said, oh, how lovely. I never knew vegan runners existed. You know, I wish I could run, but I can't. I do a tiny little thing in the morning. It's not really running. And uh, she went, oh, why can't you run? I said, well, I've got this condition. I've got psoriatic arthritis. And so, you know, I have to be really careful. Yeah, great. She went, well, I've got rheumatoid arthritis or, or I had rheumatoid arthritis. But now I've gone whole food vegan and I run and now I run marathons. This is is when the record scratches and you go, what? And you rewind and say that again. (laughs) And, And I said, but you're on all your meds though. And she went, oh no, I stopped taking them 10 years ago. Why don't you try? I was just like, I was like, I like burst into tears. I was just like shocked. And uh, I, I said, and she said, well, why don't you try it? And I, and, and I thought, yeah, I don't know what it is. Disclaimer <laughs> and, alert, um, disclaimer alert, stopping me yeah. too soon. But anyway, look, this is what she told you to do, didn't she? This is what she, she told me to she, do. So and what happened? So I like, I went home. And I thought, well, I've got to find out what it is. And even then, it was quite hard to find out what whole food vegan is. What do you eat? What don't you eat? Do you eat salt? Do you eat, can you have oil? What? You don't cook in oil? You know, <laughs> you know what? everything starts off with fried onions and uh, what have you. And uh, so, anyway, and, and it took me like a month or so. And I, and I thought, you know I can't put my husband through all this he's he's got his repertoire of lovely vegan dishes that he likes to do I can't put him through this and then I just thought you know I've actually really I've just got to try this and I said to him look you don't have to do this with me but I'm you know I really must try and see if it works and um, he said look I'll do it with you bless him (laughs) and uh, so like the first couple of weeks it's like I didn't really know what I was doing and, and things tasted, tasted rather bland. And um, I thought I'm going to keep on and keep on. And things started tasting better. And I suppose I get, you know, I, I kind of got more into it or we got more into it. And then after, I don't know, is it three months or so? I thought, right. Oh, I just must say that I had the year before I had tried to come off my medication. My rheumatologist had said, have a go. And I tried dropping, chopping my meds, but I, I, I hardly dropped it at all. And I suddenly had this massive flare up. My joints, mm. my skin started erupting and became coming really sore. And I got very frightened and thought, oh no, my eyes are going to be next, you know. And I had to rapidly go back on to um, our medication and then after that uh, I, I went back to see him and he said no that's probably it I'm afraid you're you are going to be on your medication for life more than likely so I just dropped that in there and um, yep. uh, so at this point after having been whole food vegan for like three months or so I thought dare I try and drop my meds so very, very slowly. I think I was probably on about four little tablets of methotrexate, two and a half uh, micrograms each. So like Mm -hmm. every every couple of months, I dropped a tablet until I was down to one tablet. And then every few weeks, I shaved like a quarter of the tablet off. (laughs) I ate like three quarters and then a half and then a quarter. (laughs) And then that was it. And, and today is actually the third year mediversary of being off all my medications for three years. So, you know, and I, and I came off those meds and I was expecting to feel something. I felt nothing. My mm. joints were fine. And I thought, oh, is this it? You know, mm. so that, that's how I got off my meds. Yes, it's interesting how people get off meds. Everyone's really, you know, leaning in for this moment. Mine, which I haven't told for years, I think, on this show, but I have, 
I was on 15 milligram, having come down from 25 to 22.5 to 20, 17.5 and 15 over a period of maybe eight, nine, 10 months. And then I left my tablet container in the US by absolute mistake or whatever you want to call it, fate, came back to Australia, realized a week later, because I was due, I guess I took it just before we got on the plane and then I've left it out, forgot to bring it. So got back here, and that was uh, a week later. I realized, oh, I'm due. I haven't got it. Okay, so we uh, phoned, right? Made a phone call to my mother-in-law who we were staying with. She said, I'll send it. So she takes a few days to put in the mail. It takes three weeks to get here, and then it arrives. And then I think, well, I'll get on my date. Like, I'll get on the Monday that I used to be at. It's a month. And nothing felt no different after a month. And then curiosity kicked in, a bit of boldness. I guess I saw my rheumatologist even maybe and said, Look, I left it in the States. I'm thinking, I can't remember those details just there, but I never took it again and felt absolutely nothing except more energy. I felt nothing in my joints. Now, again, disclaimer alert, this is not the classic approach to doing this. That's just my story, right? That's the yeah. truth. Um, my plan had been to taper more sensibly and conventionally, but uh, that that's that's the truth as to what happened in my case. So. Well, that's fascinating. Now, well done, first of all. How does it feel to be able to say that? Astounding, really. Kind of astounding. It probably feels astounding to you. I mean, you know, just from the difference, um, I feel very grateful. Isn't life strange and amazing, actually? And mm. uh, I feel, I feel so grateful that there are wonderful people like Shireen now who mm. are promoting this way of eating that is um, so healthful and you're getting all the good things. You're feeding your microbiome and, and none of the, the bad things that probably helped contribute to being sick in the first place. Yeah, I'm, and I feel... Like you, I, I feel younger. I don't know about you, Clint, mm. but I feel mm. younger than when I was in my 20s, really. I, mm. You know, energized and positive. You know, I'm, I'm a woman who's past the menopause age. I feel younger, you know. Um, wow. I feel wow. like there's so many possibilities, you know. That's right. That's right. So, well, I'm going to ask you a few more details about what you now eat in a minute based on what's in the actual publication. But yes. before I do, I'm going to switch over to Dr. Kassam and I want to ask her, how does it feel to hear Kate's story? I know it's not the first time for you, but how does it feel hearing it fresh now again, um, knowing the uh, that you're in a medical professional role and food has played the biggest path in Kate's success, despite the very best of, of the medical offerings. I mean, how does that juxtaposition sit with you and what's it make you feel like on the inside? Yeah, no, it, it's interesting, Clint, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, as you say, coming from the conventional um, background, you're taught about the medications. I know all about methotrexate. We use it for cancer as well. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, it continues to be inspiring and it's the reason that that we're here. And I think it it makes you humble, doesn't it, to know that there isn't just one way and I think sometimes um, the way our training is, um, doctors can be so sort of narrow-minded and not open to other possibilities if there aren't 100 papers supporting it. But, and I think we forget that, you know, all these hypotheses about whether it is medication or lifestyle interventions always stem from a single case, a single case that has shown that it is possible um, and you know it gives hope doesn't it? it it gives hope that there are more of these illnesses that can be approached through a lifestyle medicine um, approach essentially and we know that's true and I think that's what's really inspiring and that that it's not just arthritis that we can help we can mm. help cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. You know, if people are open to it and doctors are open to um, using lifestyle as medicine, you know, the possibilities are enormous. Um, so, you know, I think on one level, it's hugely inspiring. I think it also brings a little bit of sort of frustration and sadness because I sit in 
the medical world and I'm surrounded by my colleagues who don't think like me and I'm in a specialty where it's not so relevant you know I can't suggest to my lymphoma patients that your lymphoma will get better if you if you go on a whole food plant-based diet it'll help a lot of things but not not the primary illness per se but I just think you know the medical track has got down um you know the molecular DNA route and it's just sort of on this one track path that it doesn't see the whole, you know, yeah. it's like um, T. Colin Campbell talks about, you know, a reductionist view of nutrition. I think medicine's yeah. become very reductionist and we're talking and investigating DNA and proteins and molecules when actually if we looked at the big picture, if we looked at the person in, 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 in her or his entirety, we would find that, you know, just by sequencing the DNA, we're not going to really be able to impact um, you know, chronic illness in the way we hope to. Now, like, of course, I hope I'm wrong, but that's just kind of how I feel. I feel like we just become so narrow and it's really yeah. all molecular biology. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't help the entire person. It might get rid of that bit of cancer temporarily, but it doesn't help their heart disease, their type 2 diabetes, you know, and, and make them feel better in the true sense of, of feeling well and healthy. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Um, and. We'll, we'll come back to you in just a second, Kate. But I just want to stay uh, for a moment and uh, say: Have there other been? Uh, have there been other case studies like Kate's with other conditions who you'd like to just bullet point for us that have spoken at some of your events with some of the different conditions they may have uh, improved a lot of? Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, we collect our stories from our members and our supporters, and they're on the website. And you know, we've got a. Um, mixture of classic ones of you know people um, reversing their high high blood pressure, their high cholesterol. You know those are the simple ones, they're right? So we easy, know, aren't yeah, they? they're they're easy. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, a month. Um, right. Yeah, we've got an orthopedic surgeon, Rajiv Bajakal, who reversed his type two diabetes. Um, you know, we've even got my husband who, over lockdown, has lost two stone, um, reduced his blood pressure. You know, got fit again. We on my very first conference that Kate came to, we actually featured Ida, who's one of um, your program graduates and uh, yep. author of yep. the Fairy Tale Kitchen or Kitchen Fairy Tale. What a woman! Cookbook. We love her. Yes, She's become yes. a family friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got stories of multiple sclerosis, and I have to say, you know, I guess uh, spoiler alert: we're hoping to write up some of our MS cases because I think that is one of the areas that's not really spoken about. Um, and, you know, somehow we have got a, a number of members who are using food to control and, uh, you know, heal their multiple sclerosis. So I think I could probably name every every illness yeah. that comes into our, our clinic room, to be honest. Um, early, early stages of prostate cancer being stabilised, you know, a bit like the Dean Ornish publication. So it's all out there. And I think you know, we've just helped to give the UK um, patients and individuals a little bit of a platform by which they can talk about this and not feel sort of ostracised from the healthcare professional community, essentially. Most definitely. And you've got some sensational members in your uh, professional network. Dr. Alan Desmond was recently on our podcast and uh, what a great guy. Uh, I met him actually at um, uh, the Doctors for Nutrition uh, conference in Australia that I hosted about two years ago. He flew from the UK. This is pre-pandemic. And he uh, spoke about, you know, Crohn's disease and inflammation of the colon and totally grabbed my attention because I thought I got to get him on the show to talk about, you know, this topic because it's so integral to autoimmunity. Yeah, and he was fabulous, and he's and 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 um, you know, uh, under normal conditions, we were speaking about talking about coming over and and me giving a presentation and so forth. And when the world returns to normal, perhaps perhaps we can do that, and I can meet you in person, both of you. And so, whilst whilst I have you, uh, you started Plant Based Health Professionals UK. Uh, you're also on the International Advisory Council for the Doctors for Nutrition, based out of Australia. Your work on building this plant-based movement is, is tremendous. You've got this fire in your belly about this. Where is it coming from? Is it a natural inclination to want to help people or is it a frustration with the 
with what to you and us seems so obvious that's being overlooked. Yeah, thanks, Clint, and and thanks for the kind words. Um, I think, you know, it's all of that. It's people like yourself and Kate who continue to inspire, you know, on a weekly basis, people are reaching out going, I've got better from this, I've done this, or can you help me? I can't find, um, you know, a health professional to to see. Um, So it's that, but it's also, you know, understanding the data, the strength of the scientific data and thinking, well, you know, in my professional capacity as a doctor, it's my duty to be telling people about this, right? You know, if if we're not doing it, who is doing it? Um, yeah. And there was that gap. And obviously, you know, there are other amazing organizations around the world. And the world is so small now that, you know, immediately I put out the advert for our first conference, Lucy Stegley, who you know well, um, yeah. you know, um, and founded or was co-founder of, of, of the Australian group, you know, reached out on Facebook and was like, oh, you know, Shireen, great to, to connect. And if you want some help and advice for events, which of, of course I said, yes. Um, you know, so it's just like everyone is so um, the community is so open and sharing and, you know, so we're connected worldwide now in terms of, yeah. as you say, people recognizing what we're doing in the UK and building the movement um, globally. And so we've, we've stepped from, we started as purely education and that was to bring together people like Alan Desmond and Dr. Gemma Newman and Laura Freeman, yes. and people who were yeah. working in isolation or who had discovered this themselves but didn't really have a community. So that's kind of what our first conference did. It brought people like Alan to the stage, and um, and they're, 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 that's how they got connected with the the you know international community as well. Um, so it brings us together as professionals, um, educating ourselves and our fellow professionals. And and then our second step this year, which has been really exciting, is that myself and my colleague, Dr. Laura Freeman, who's a GP and a lifestyle medicine physician, have actually launched a lifestyle medicine healthcare service, which is called Plant-Based Health Online. And it sort of is what it says on the tin. It's a virtual or like an internet-based consultation platform whereby um, you know, people can book appointments with a lifestyle medicine physician, a dietitian, a nutritionist, a health coach who will support people like Kate, Kate who did not have that um, support around her to hopefully get to the place where Kate is a little bit quicker. You know, if people are open to using diet and lifestyle, we are there to support them through that journey. And, you know, of course, at the moment, it is a paid service. And I know that's a barrier, but we're set up as a nonprofit. So any profit will go back into supporting, bringing down the price and hopefully offering, you know, uh, uh, free appointments to those that can't manage to pay. And clearly, ultimately, we want our National Health Service to recognize the efficacy of it but you know the reality is until you provide some uk-based data um to support what you're doing nobody's really interested so um we just need to get to those next steps but we've launched we've got patients coming through and hopefully it won't be long until we've just shown the power of um, diet lifestyle medicine so that's really exciting that you can actually book an appointment with our plant-based health professional now Oh, it's tremendous. And again, we've got this leaning forward, ears pricked kind of situation as so many people around the world don't have access to uh, uh, any kind of, of of medical professional that they'd like to see who, who understands the importance of nutrition. Uh, it is going in that direction due to the awesome work of folks like yourself. But generally speaking, a rheumatologist may not have the same level of uh, of or the same view on a 360 degree path forward as, uh, mm-hmm. as say, someone who's, who's trained in that area. Yeah. I agree. But I think you and Kate also raise um, really important issues that's worth reiterating and that it's not either or, it's usually both. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. need the medications, et cetera, mm-hmm. when you're in such an extreme situation. And then once you're in remission, um, you know, alongside the lifestyle interventions, you may be able to then start reducing medications, et cetera. So we work alongside primary and secondary care. It's not like sort of either or, or saying that, you know, one's wrong, one's right. So it's giving people other options, um, which are heavily based in the evidence, scientific evidence to support them achieve the best health they can, essentially. 
Yeah, thank you for that clarification. And it was a point that I was going to make earlier and, it, and another thought took priority. So thank you. And yes, um, with these conditions that are so challenging and so debilitating and so destructive, hitting it from all angles as early as possible, getting your diet right, going on a, on a suitable medication that isn't counterproductive for gut health, you know, getting an exercise habit, getting your sleep and stress reduction sorted, potentially taking some supplements that are supported by the, the, the literature. Maybe a, a good probiotic can be helpful. Things like this. But it, is, it is, a, is a complete approach for what is an incredibly difficult disease. I've had, uh, you know, a podcast I did some months ago called Diet Alone Is Not Enough. Okay. So we're, we're very much respectful of the absolute need of the pharmaceutical accessibility for uh, most cases, in most instances, and that with conditions like Kate, where she's been able to apply years and years of dedication to her health, has been able to get to a point where the inflammation is so subtle that the medication isn't required. So thank mm -hmm. you for making that point. I know people are going to want to contact you or your organization to say, I'd like to book you know, a second opinion telehealth or, or maybe use your services for their primary care. How do they do so? Yeah, no. So in terms of um, seeing a, a member of um, the plant-based health professional community, so plant-based health online is our clinical service, and that's just via our website, plantbasedhealthonline.com. Um, and I'm sure you'll put it in, in your show notes. We're all over social media. And then just for information and education, so many of our resources and in fact made accessible by Kate because I didn't know she was an awesome um, graphic designer as well. <laughs> um, we've got loads of free downloads of information that will get you started at our education site, which is plantbasedhealthprofessionals.com. Um, and again, we're all over um, social media, as you know, so we'll provide those links. So yeah, book an appointment at Plant Based Health Online if you think we can help you. Free inquiry call. We'll be honest if we can or can't. You know, we're not yeah there to support you. That is wonderful. Um, I'd also like to take the opportunity. You did me uh, to mention another couple of people. You mentioned Dr. Newman. She's been on our podcast and actually done a live support Q and A about COVID for our rheumatoid support members. So she's been tremendously supportive. Uh, what a wonderful woman. And of course, she's got a new book out. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, and also Dr. Helene, who uh, originally told me about you first. And uh, she heads up the uh, Doctors for Nutrition in Australia. And Dr. Helene is such a wonderful individual who, um, yeah, I really, really enjoy speaking with and working with. And uh, she's in Australia. So uh, what a what a tremendous community and uh it's um it's growing it's tremendous uh, follow uh plant-based professionals uk on instagram you've got a couple of uh there must be twenty thousand people following you now nearly or something around about that amount so you've got a great online presence and that's how i found out about kate's story so let's switch back to you kate as we head towards the conclusion of this discussion uh, Kate, I've, I've noticed from the publication that um, you've got quite a lot of what I call advanced foods, and these foods are typically high in fat content, so they're high calorie density foods. Uh, you've got um, some uh, nuts. It says one portion daily of flax seeds, walnuts, almonds, cashews, peanuts, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, and sunflower seeds. And so my intuition is to interpret that, that that is a portion of those as a combined nut-seed mix that might only be, say, a, uh, a handful or so. How good is my guess? You're absolutely right, Clint. <laughs> yeah. <Woo -hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts and seeds, what have you, they're, they're super healthy, but I have to be really careful not to overindulge with them. Meditation yep. helps there because I, I used to be a grazer <laughs> and, and I could easily munch my way through a whole pack of nuts if I wanted to, but just like a handful, because mm -hmm. otherwise it does affect my joints. I do start feeling pain. 
And I think, uh-oh, is that all those nuts I ate? So I'm really careful. Can I just tell you a really quick little story? Oh, yeah. About, so when I was still doing my my cooking, uh, so it's like probably the last time I, I did a, a market, um, I'd gone whole food vegan myself. I was off all my meds, but I made some cupcakes and I made the mixture and it was like, um, you know, chocolate, high fat, loads of sugar. That's all it was, basically. Stupidly, I, I took a little taste. And before I knew it, I'd eaten about two tablespoons. Right. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what did I do that? So I then I carried on mixing it with my with the hand mixer, and which must have been no more than like three minutes or something. Um, and thought, right, that's done. And when I went to put the mixer down, I found my fingers were actually locked round the handle. Yeah. And I had to literally peel them up like that, you know, to, to and I, I thought, you stupid woman, what have you done? It, I, I was just amazed it happened that fast. That is refined fat, refined sugar, you mm. know, absolute no-no. And um and I, I find high fat foods like nuts and things, they don't obviously they, they, they're not refined. They don't react in that way. But I, I'm just guessing that too much fatty stuff isn't good either. So, and from what I've heard and what I've read, you know, a handful is enough for the for the day. So, High fat foods are directly proportional to the oxidative stress that's created in the body for everyone, regardless of rheumatoid, sciatic, you name it, right? Yeah. So high caloric intake high fat foods it's just it's just linked to more oxidative stress which with us you know we are very susceptible to our levels of glutathione catalase our antioxidant defense systems are depleted through ongoing autoimmunity even at a little level the autoimmune process itself generates more free radical activity requiring more drains on our resources yeah. and therefore we just got to be careful if we bump up that. I've been through periods where I've been as good as gold months on end and eaten tons of nuts. And then I, at the moment, I'm in a period where I just have a handful a day, um, similar to yourself. So yeah. I've, you know, I will have a Brazil nut, a couple of cashews, not cashews. I, I can't get them oil free at the moment. So I'll have like a, a Brazil nut, handful of almonds, a uh, couple of pistachio nuts and a whole bunch of uh, sprouted pumpkin seeds on my oatmeal in the morning. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm liking that at the moment. So mm -hmm. yeah, but a handful works well if you're a little bit on the cautious side and then, yeah, when you feel robust and you're incorporating strategies like a lot of exercise, everything else is good. I mm -hmm. believe that you can tolerate much, much more. Hey, yes, honey, I'm just on a bit of a call. Um, however, I think that your spoonful of cake mix or muffin mix may have had vegan, uh, a vegan butter in it or something, mm -hmm. which is yeah. vegetable oils. Yeah. That is like, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. So it's Definitely. not the sugar. It's not yeah. the sugar. The sugar is right. not healthy. Okay. It's not healthy, but it's the no. vegetable oils. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'm not going there again for sure. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Um, yeah. Have you got any final um, words of encouragement, wisdom, or some suggestions to others who are on a path that, towards where yeah. you got to or where you currently are? Yeah, yeah. Firstly, I'm sorry you're in this situation. It sucks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But have, but have courage. Also, I want to say that just because it's in your genes doesn't mean that's your life. I mean, my mom had this disease. She didn't even have it as badly as mine. I, ca I can't say that because the poor woman, you know, it was, it, it was, it, you, you can't say mine's worse than yours, but she, her hands were very badly twisted. Um, her feet were bad. She ended up in a wheelchair and and I thought that was my life's trajectory. But, you know, if only I'd known 
what I know now and could have helped her. She also had depression and irritable bowel syndrome. And I think we're now beginning to see that these things can be linked, you know, to the to the gut and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so your genes don't mean you've got to have this. Yeah, so you're doing this for you. And unlike that lovely woman at the, on my vegan runner stall, it's, yeah. you know, just try it. And it's so helpful. You're, it's not going to hurt you. I'm, I'm kind of 99% sure that it's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel more energized. It will help damp down your pain. I mean, no, nobody can say 100% that, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's going to get off all their meds or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it's just a joyful way to live. I mean, I don't know about you, Clint and Shireen, when, when you get together with other people who, who eat like you, you talk about food, don't you? And all the great things you've been eating and, and um, you know, some of the amazing whole food recipes, some of the amazing whole food cooks out mm. there. We've got people in our, our group, haven't we, Shireen? And, you know, doctors as well who are amazing whole food cooks. And, and your taste buds will change and it mm. becomes easier. It's It starts off, you think, oh, this is hard, but actually it's just how you eat now. It's just food. And, and I personally regard the other stuff. I don't regard it as food anymore. That's just not food to me. That's, yeah. that's like, no, you don't eat that. <laughs> you know, so uh, eat the rainbow. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a good one, isn't it? Eat the rainbow. Variety. Lot, eat, eat as many different plants as you can and in their whole food, full, food whole, you know, whole form. And also, if you if you can, if you've got a little space, even if it's just a few flower pots, try and grow a little bit of your own food. You know, try and just even if it's just herbs, or 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 learn to perhaps kind of pick wild plants that you can eat and bring them into your diet. Just it's all about taking back the power. You know, uh, uh, you know, perhaps because when when you're sick, you're you. You have to hand all your power over to other people who, yeah, they're helping you. Like, I mean, you know, and, and giving you medication and what have you. And you, 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 you feel you've, you're totally uh, powerless. So, you know, it, it's all about taking back a little bit of power into your, into your life and taking control of your life. And it, and it may take a while. Sometimes you feel like you're not getting anywhere and not making any difference. It's a slow progress, isn't it? You know, it's sometimes it's like turning like a, a massive oil tanker, perhaps, you know. So, yeah, have courage. Keep on the path. It will get easier. You will learn to love the food. And, yeah, get find also... Find a support network. I mean, Clint, what you do is amazing. And I wish I'd found your program. I wish you'd been around then. <laughs> Sadly not. But, and, and if you have a supportive family, that's great. If you don't, find people on social media, people to follow, you know, get involved, you know, find uh, the Palm Based Health Professionals UK you know, all the wonderful people there, all the health professionals you've got there. We're all here rooting for you. We all want you to feel better. There, there are people there to help you. You're not alone. So that's mm. what I'd say. You're not alone. It's so. beautiful. Yeah, what a great summary. I think you've done a good job in sort of uh, pulling this together for us uh, with some shout outs to where people can go next. And and as you said, uh, we we do have a, an opportunity for people to follow our program if they wish. And we also do have a support network called rheumatoidsupport.com. And uh, over there, we've got over 500 members and most of us log in daily and help each other share ideas. There's templates for all the different joint improvement strategies and of course all the diet and everything so that's available for people if they want to sort of operate at that level and um, I think it's been a wonderful discussion I want to thank both of you for doing so much good you know Kate I know you would have done all this and did do this without any 
future objective other than just to feel better. Um, but your personal efforts have led to something that is another drop in the ocean contributing to the future treatment and hopefully improve lives of people with inflammatory arthritis. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Kassam. I know this is a a long period of a precious part of your morning where you're very productive. So I hope you uh, feel the, uh, the use of time has been very valuable and it's been a pleasure to meet you. I've been wanting to speak with you for, for probably a year or two now. I've, I've been aware of you online. Um, and so what a great opportunity to come on for something that's so, you know, so useful and relevant to my audience. Yeah, no, thank you, Clint. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you both. We'll leave it there and uh, keep up the wonderful work, both of you. Thanks very much. You too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.